the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And folks, we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, if you've been listening to the broadcast over the few last few weeks, you know we've been doing a series on peace in the midst of the battlefield. Well, with tomorrow being Palm Sunday, we've decided to hit the pause button on this in order to bring you a special message related to the death of Jesus Christ. Most of us have heard the word Calvary, but have you ever heard a message based on the acronym for the word Calvary? Well, if you haven't, you're in for a treat. So stay tuned for this and much, much more, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to uh, piggyback off of what you just said in relationship to this topic. Uh, and uh, what we want to do uh, tonight is call your attention to Luke chapter 23, uh, verses 1 through 33. Now, I'm not going to uh, read all these verses of Scripture due to the time that we have, <clears throat> but I want to key on verse 33 of Luke chapter 23. Uh, so, Luke chapter 23 and verse 33. And it says, And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, uh, there, there they crucified him and uh, the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word. I want to talk to you tonight about the, an acronym for Calvary, an acronym for Calvary. By way of introduction, I want to say this. No other word in our language, speech, terminology is packed with more meaning and is filled with more passion than the word Calvary. There is no historical landmark and no other geographical location in the whole entire world is more important and significant than the place which is called Calvary. Geographically, although the exact location is not known, it is generally accepted by prominent theologians, uh, archaeologists, and scholars of the Bible, that uh, Calvary is and was a hill up on the outside of the city walls of Jerusalem. But no matter where it is geographically regarding the location, the most important thing is that it's not where it was, but that Jesus died on, on Calvary Cross for the sins of the world. Calvary is a reminder of what Jesus did on the cross for mankind. Calvary causes us to reflect upon the pain and suffering and its crucifixion for the sins of the entire world. Calvary is a picture, and I want you to make note of this. Calvary is a picture of two extreme opposites, 
two extreme opposite. Now, let me lay out these two extreme opposites because it's important for you to know that. <clears throat> it Number one, it shows satanic hatred and human hatred reaching to its lowest state. And then number two, but it shows also divine love reaching to its highest peak. Calvary shows what happens when evil reaches its highest peak in a wicked in wicked minds and wicked hearts. But it also shows the abundance of love in the mind and heart of God. Calvary allows us to see sin at its worst. But notice this. But Calvary also allows us to see grace at its very best. Calvary reminds us that we are all wicked and wretched sinners before God. That's why Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 17, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. But Calvary also reminds us of the righteous holiness God, a holiest God in Jesus Christ and a loving Savior. Now, the word Calvary is made up of seven letters and each one of these letters represent a word which helps us to tell us about the true story of what happened at Calvary. Number one, Calvary begins with the letter C. <clears throat> that C represents the cross upon which Christ was crucified. Had uh, there been no cross, there would be no Calvary. Jesus died on a cross as the Lamb of God, to take away the sins of the world. Number two, the next letter in the word Calvary is A, and it represents agony. Question, what does the word agony mean? It means intense suffering and excruciating and unbelievable pain. When they did scourging, when they hit a person 39 times, they would uh, use pieces of glass and bones, and when they would hit a person with that, 39 times, when they got through with the person, they looked like a bunch of hamburger meat. That's how devastating it was. Agony also means mental and physical torture. Jesus went through more suffering and excruciating pain than the accumulative pain and suffering of the entire world. Remember this, when you go through agony, remember that Jesus went through the greatest agony. Remember when you go through agony, remember that Jesus went through the greatest pain and the greatest suffering and the greatest rejection, the greatest beating, the greatest uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. And he understands your agony because he went through the greatest agony. And that's something good to know. Jesus had to hang on that cross in an awkward position for a, a nine uh Hours, You know, when we're talking about, I mean, from nine, I would say, in the morning until three in the afternoon. That's six hours in all, nine in the morning until three in the afternoon. Jesus, the God-man who has spent all of his life doing good, suffered the most agonizing suffering and pain known to man. Number three, the next letter in the word Calvary is L. And L represents love. Yes, 
the story of Calvary is a story about love. You remember John 3 and 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and 8 says, But God commended his love to us, and when that yet we were sinners, Christ died for us. Now none of us deserves to be loved, but Jesus loved us anyway. We did not deserve to be loved, but Jesus loved us despite all of our sinfulness, and he loved us despite all of our uh, problems and our sins. That's a loving God. Calvary is the story about God's love for us despite who we are and what we are. That's good news. Listen, it was not. Now listen to this carefully. It was not the nails which held Jesus on the cross, but it was love that held Jesus on the cross. It was not the inability to come down from the cross that kept him on the cross, but it was love that kept him on the cross. It was not the sense of command or obligation which caused Jesus to die for you and me, but it was love. The famous song is right, this famous song. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Yes, the letter L in Calvary stands for love. Number four, the next uh, point that I want to say or the next letter is V. That V represents victory. Yes, Calvary is a place where a great victory was won. Think about that. The Satan thought that he had won the victory. The religious Jews thought that they had won the victory. And the demons thought that they had won the victory. And the world thought that they had won the victory. But early Sunday morning. See, Friday, it looked like all hell won the victory. But early one Sunday morning. Jesus came out of that grave and said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. He won the victory, and he says, I am the uh, resurrection and the life. He won the victory. Calvary is a great victory where Jesus cried out and said, it is finished. When he cried out and said, it's finished, he was crying out saying, I have won the victory. When we look at men today, they never finish a lot of things what they want to do. Most of us, even when we live a a long time in this life, there's a lot of things that we wanted to do, but we never accomplish it. But Jesus, in three and a half years of ministry, was able to accomplish the whole task that God wanted him to do, and he could say, it's finished. And 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 55 says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Death has no victory because Calvary, Jesus won the victory there. Number five. Now we have another A. What does this A mean? Jesus had to die on Calvary to to shed his blood for my sins and your sins. And this other A stands for atonement. 
Hebrews 9 and 22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Because of his blood, we are at one with God. We can be at one with God, at peace with God. First John 2 talks about he's the propitiation for not only for our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. Calvary represents uh, the atonement, and the atonement represents God uh, working with this estrangement between God and man, and Jesus came between that and brought reconciliation. That's what Calvary is all about. It is the atonement that brought about reconciliation. Number six, the next letter is R. What does that stand for? It stands for the resurrection. You see, Calvary is, is meaningless without the resurrection. For the cross to just be the cross without a crown, there is no power. There is no victory in that. Calvary was on Friday. But the resurrection was on Sunday, and that's the good news that, that Friday came, but Sunday came, and that's when Jesus came back alive to conquer death and the grave and all of the forces of hell. And so Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. My friend, you don't have no life unless you have life in Jesus Christ. He is the resurrection and the life. Number seven, and finally, the letter Y. What does the letter Y stand for? Yeah, that's a good question. It stands for yes. The whole story of Calvary is Jesus saying, yes. The ultimate needs for mankind is yes. Jesus said yes to the will of the Heavenly Father. Discussion in heaven. There was a discussion in heaven with the Trinity. The Father, I believe, had said to the Jesus that before the world was created, when he knew man would fall, he would he said to his son, are you willing to die, uh, suffer and die for me? And Jesus said, yes. When God called upon the son to come down to Calvary Cross and die, Jesus was willing to say yes. When the Father said, will you go, will you go and suffer for the sins of mankind, the humanity, Jesus said, I'm willing to do that. The Father said, are you willing to go and be born in a stable? Jesus said, yes. Are you willing? The Father said, are you willing to go and have no place to lay your head? Jesus said, yes, I'm willing to do that. The Father said, are you willing to receive the rejection, the despisement, and the abuse of mankind. And Jesus says, yes, I'm willing to do that. And, G and the Father said, are you willing to go to a hill called Calvary? And Jesus said, yes. But the yes don't stop there. I'm going to say this in closing on this message. The yes don't stop with Jesus. The yes must come to you and me. I want to reverse this for a minute. Are you willing to say yes to God when he says, confess your sins? Are you willing to say yes to Jesus when he says, repent of your sins? Are you willing to say yes to Jesus when he says, take up your cross and follow me? Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. See, you have a cross to carry too. When Jesus called upon us, 
It calls upon us to do three things, deny ourselves, take up our cross, two, and three, to follow him. Are you willing to say yes to Jesus right now? If you're, if you're hearing this message tonight and you've been touched by it, are you willing to surrender your life to Jesus as Savior and Lord and to, as Savior of Calvary Cross? He wants you to say yes. Quit saying no. Quit making excuses. Excuses don't excuse, but they only accuse. Repent, because 1 John 1 and 9 says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us not from some, but from all unrighteousness. Calvary means a lot, and we trust that you got blessed by this, this acronym on Calvary. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right. It's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecture counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And once again, we want to begin by thanking everyone who's been praying for Contending for the Faith. You know, without your diligent prayers, we would never have been on the air as long as we have. We also want to thank those who gave over the past week, Ken and Jackie. It does cost us 400 a week to stay on the air. We are listener-supported, so we need your help. If you've been blessed by this program and Dr. Buckner's teachings, we just want to encourage you. Won't you partner with us financially? We still need $100 for last week's program and 400 for this week. That's $500 to be caught up. So we need your help. We're putting out that cry right now that, uh, you know, if you've been blessed, as I mentioned earlier, if you've been a longtime listener and you've never given, we've been on the air now for you know, commute, cumulatively, I think, 19 years. It's a long time. And so we want to encourage you, if you've, never, if you've never called in, call in. If you've never prayed for us, pray for us. If you've never given, it's time to give. Uh, we want to encourage you. It takes all of us. God has given us a part to, to to play in this in ministry. Some of us are on the air talking. Some of us can't be on the air, but we can give. God has blessed you with an abundance. It's time for you to step up and give, to send that treasure on into heaven where the moth can't get to it and, the, and it can't rust or the thief can't steal. It's time. It's time to, you know, to give of your time your talent, and your treasure so that one day you will receive a a reward. We want to encourage you. This is vital. There's two ways to give. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. The second is so much easier. <clears throat> Simply go on your computer, your laptop, your smartphone. Go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Uh, we just also want to remind you or let you know that we will not be live in the studio next Sunday, or next Saturday, excuse me, because it's Easter weekend. But be sure to tune in because we'll be airing the best of contending for the faith. So once again, next Saturday night, we won't be live, but uh, we will have uh, the best of contending for the faith. So you won't be able to call in, but you can definitely tune in. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Appreciate those announcements. And uh, we just appreciate uh, 
always uh, putting the word out there for people to pray for us as well as support us. And we do, again, want to thank everybody out there who's been faithful and consistent at uh, giving. Uh, because uh, I tell you, um, if it wasn't for you being consistent at what you do, uh, we wouldn't be talking right now, Gary and I and our staff. And so it means a lot to us, but I know it means a lot to you, too, to see us here every Saturday ministering to people and and giving reasons and answers as well as praying for people. So this is one-of-a-kind ministry, and we want you to partner with us in prayer as well as support and, uh, you know, and uh, I know the Lord will bless you as you as you bless us. So uh, do we have any callers yet? No callers to come up? Uh, okay, well, in the meantime, while we're waiting for some callers, uh, Gary, uh, how did this minister to you tonight uh, when you heard this acronym? How did that uh, uh, speak to you, and what did uh, you get out of it as a whole? Well, you know, I think it's really important that, you know, we make things simple and portable, you know, and I think that's what you did with this message. You know, a lot of times we hear complex <laughs> messages on the air and there's no way for everybody to really get a handle on how to remember what was said. And to use an acronym is, is, a, is a good method for, for making this something portable. You know, they can always remember the word Calvary can always remember that and to be able to attach specific meaning to each letter is important in terms of helping us remember what it is that we heard. And so that's kind of, you know, the overall impact it had on me. I, I, I love that you do that a lot. You'll give us the three W's or the four D's or whatever, <laughs> you know, and and it's it's simple, but it, it really helps. You know, there's what good is a message if people aren't able to retain it? And we have to be able to be um, creative and also aware of how people learn and retain information. And I think that's important that we break it down, we make it portable, we make it simple, so they can, they can take this with them and be able to share with someone else readily. You know, they don't have to be able to, to um, verbatim repeat your entire message when they can say, okay, the word Calvary and Dr. Buckner broke it down like this. The C was the cross, the A was agony. The L was love, V was victory, A was atonement, R was resurrection, and Y was yes. Bam, there it is. You know, and they can go through it. We can all, you know, remember it. Uh, so I think that's a, a very um, masterful way of of communicating information. Oh, thank you so much. As a matter of fact, we have a young man in the studio with us, uh -oh. uh, Joshua. <laughs> uh, I'm going to see. Be careful with this. We're going to push it over. I think that this is the one for for uh, you here. And if we can get Vince to uh, maybe uh, plug this one in, uh, we're going to have uh, Brother Joshua Lee. Uh, he is a uh, uh, faithful brother in our ministry, and uh, his auntie, she is faithful to our ministry, and uh, he is uh, loves the Lord, and uh, he has uh, been blessed by this. After I got through uh, teaching it, he said, uh, gave me a, a five, and then he said, uh, high five, and he said, Dr. Buckner and the Lord through you knocked a home run. And so we want you to talk a little bit about uh, this home run and then what did uh, this you get out of this and how did it minister uh, to you and talk right there in the mic. There you, you go. You, wait, wait, you said he gave you a five. Uh -huh, high five. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm like, where, get, I, I need some cash. <laughs> <physical five. laughs> I have to change that real quick. <laughs> no. 
I was just saying, you know. Because I would have told him to give me more than five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this was a more than a five dollar message. Seventy to hundred yeah. <laughs> for this week. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it's very impactful. You know, there's a lot of unpacking to do with this acronym. You know, and I, I really love the way that you break these things down. You know, it's easy to remember: cross, agony, love, victory, atonement, resurrection, and yes. And even if you didn't retain all the information, you can still, you know, dig it up from the Bible and you can find out, you know, passages about the cross and the agony and the suffering that Jesus went through for us and um, the love, you know, John three sixteen. Everybody should know that one by now. <laughs> and the victory, absolutely. That was very powerful, you know. Very powerful because that's what this is all about. And, and out, out of all those seven letters— was there one in particular that really, I know all of it moved you, but was there one in particular that really ministered to your heart? Yes, and that would be yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, because saying yes to the will of God is the most important part in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, so God can move through us and use us to you know, work with others and to save others as well, you mm-hmm. know, to bless others and to hey. use us. You know. Amen. Well, I really appreciate uh, Josh you sharing that, and Gary as well. Uh, you guys, you guys always have a way of uh, encouraging me as well because I do try to make it simplistic uh, when I do teach. And Gary hit that on the nose as well as yourself that uh, those these things are memorable too. You know, you get it, you hear it, and it's like it stays with you. So thank you guys for sharing that as well. So we have a caller now, right? We yes, have. We do. Uh, Cece? Yes, we do. How you doing, Cece? Are you there, Cece? Maybe he's not. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. All righty, all righty. Did you... Speak up, brother. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Did you hear the message? Oh, yes, I did. All righty, so we're waiting for you to share with us uh, what you got out of this and how it how it ministered to your heart as well. Well, you hit on a lot of different points, so I'm just going to go to the main. Um, I, I, I like the acronyms that you use. You use a lot of different acronyms. But what I noticed, too, also in the message is you focus a lot on Jesus, which is a, a good thing, and, and you really, like you said, made it simplistic and clear. And then what I liked about it is you said that Jesus, the agony that he went through on the cross. And so even though you didn't talk about the peace of God, it's kind of like we we got a, a, a the best of both worlds because you because you, by you talk about you said the agony that he went through on the cross doesn't compare basically to the agony that we go go through and he, he's able to identify with that and that's that ties that ties into what you've been talking about all these other weeks and then you cover all the other ground so it's like you killed two birds in one stone. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen, bro. Appreciate that uh, you sharing that. Um, Always a blessing to hear uh, how God uh, ministers to your heart. And what did uh, what question did you have on your heart uh, to tonight? Um, I want to ask you in uh, Romans chapter three. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. And what and, uh, what verse is it? Uh, it's verse uh, Romans three twenty nine. Uh huh. Okay. You have your Bible. Uh, yes, I do. Okay. Why don't you read that to us? Okay, it says, is he a God of the Jews only? Is he not also a God of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's a very good uh, 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 verse of scripture uh, because in the mind of the Jews, you know, they uh, believed that God uh, only uh, spoke to them and had a special uh, chosenness upon them and that the the Gentiles were considered um, outcasts. Um, but uh, Paul is arguing here that um, that the Gentiles are, are also chosen. You see, the, the, what the Jews missed out on, and a lot of people today miss out on this, that what is the thing that makes you a chosen vessel of God? And from the book of Romans, it is, and Paul is arguing, belief, because Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. And so when you go back to Genesis, when it says through Abraham's seed, it doesn't say seeds. It says seed singular. All the nations of the earth will be blessed. So what makes you, what makes me or me and you, what makes us a literal true Jew is to believe in God. That's the thing that makes us a true Jew. You're not a true Jew because of your ethnicity uh, or your race. And this is the thing that the Jews could not get over because they thought because of their race and ethnicity that they were the chosen one. And what Paul is doing here, he's debunking that and simply saying, it's not about your ethnicity. It's not about your race. It's about grace. It's, it's not about your pigmentation. It's about revelation. See, it's about literally faith in God that makes you a true spiritual Jew. And, and, and that's why when you look at Romans chapter 9 through, through 11, it talks about the Gentiles, Paul said, they have been grafted in. They have been grafted into the faith. And uh, Paul became a missionary, an apostle to the Gentiles. So we, what he's trying to convey to the Jews is that you're not a you're not a genuine, true Jew because of your ethnicity. It's because of faith in God, and that's why Jesus in in in, in John eight, he literally took the religious leaders uh, to the hoop. And he did a slam dunk on them because he literally, they literally thought Abraham was their father. They say, oh, he's our father. And Jesus literally said, you know what? Your real father is Satan. And they really got angry over that because Jesus realized that it's not because of your ethnicity. It's not because of your heritage. It's not because of your background, not because of your family roots. You know, if you're not rooted in Jesus by faith and trust, you're not a true Jew. The true Jew is a person who is a believer in God. That is a true Jew today uh, in faith in Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul is arguing. So is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the Gentiles? Yes, the Gentiles also. He is a God to all of us. He's a God of all of us if we believe in him. We're, he's a God to us even if we don't believe in him. But he, we become a true Jew when we do believe in him. So hopefully that helps you out. 
Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you did a good job. I appreciate that. Thanks hey, a lot. I really hey, appreciate that. Hey, hey, man, that's really some important points that a lot of people miss what I was just saying. We have a less than a minute, so let's have a prayer around you, and then we're going to get to our next callers after we come back from the commercial. What's on your heart in terms of your prayer? Just pray for me, my family, my mother, Rosa Linda. Um, I have a family member who still needs healing in their heart, and um, if you could... Um, Lift up the, the my family as a whole, and and Nelly, the rapper, and Kim Kardashian, uh, the actor, for their salvation protection. All right, let's let's uh, lift those prayers up. Brother All Gary. right, <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just lift up Brother CC and his family to you. We pray, Lord God, that you strengthen them and encourage them, protect them, and bless those that don't know you to come to know you, Lord God. We pray for Nelly and Kim Kardashian. We pray, Lord God, for these celebrities, Lord God, that they would come to know you, that you would bring people into their their circles that uh, that acknowledge you as Lord and Savior, that they can bear witness to your faithfulness, your goodness, and also bear witness to their need for a Savior. Lord, we thank you. We praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And Cece, thank you for your call. Thank you. Thank you for your wonderful teaching. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. God bless you. It's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to encourage you to continue to pray for Contending for the Faith. Without your prayers, the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous, we know we couldn't do what God has called us to do. It's so vitally important that you partner with us in prayer. In addition to that, this is a listener-supported ministry, and we need your support right now at a critical juncture. Uh, we need about $500 to become current, and so we need your support. If God has blessed you, uh, particularly during this tax season, maybe you got your return back already. Um, if God has blessed you with an abundance, and if, and if you've been listening to this broadcast, especially if you've been listening and being blessed by it, it's high time that you turned around and became a blessing to us. So we want to encourage you. Now is the time to give. Uh, now is the time to pray. We want to continue to do God's work. And we need your partnership in order to do it. There's two ways you can donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button, and away you go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, for those announcements, and let's uh, get to our callers. All right. Let's go back. We're going to go back to, uh, actually, we're going to Rick in uh, South San Francisco. Hello, Brother Rick. How are you doing? I am blessed. How about yourself? Well, we're truly blessed here, just having a wonderful time in the Lord. And uh, uh, what's on your heart tonight? Well, I got I got a very interesting question, and we're going to go a little bit forward. Okay. The uh, whole witnesses hold to the view that Jesus did not have a bodily resurrection, but just a spiritual re- 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 resurrection. How did they come to that point of view? And second, how do we refute that point of view? Oh, those are good questions, uh, Brother Rick. Well, the reason why they have the position that uh, Jesus uh, was a spirit creature uh, at uh, his uh, after his resurrection is because uh, people have to understand the 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 history and the belief of the Jehovah's Witnesses going back to the early 1800s under Charles Taze Russell and Judge Re- 
Rutherford and uh, Nathan Knorr and Frederick Franz. Uh, and uh, when they began, uh, these uh, leaders were teaching the people that Jesus uh, was an immaterial created spirit before he came to earth. And uh, so this immaterial created spirit was known as Michael the Archangel. So Jesus in heaven, according to the Jehovah Witnesses, was known as Michael the Archangel. And what this immaterial created spirit did, according to the Jehovah's Witnesses, is that he took on a physical capacity, physical body, and came to the earth as a human being. Uh, He was not uh, Jehovah God, equal to Jehovah God, but was uh, a man only. And then in his resurrection, uh, he went back to an immaterial created being. So in heaven now, according to them, Jesus is an immaterial created uh, spirit, creature. So uh, when uh, this is what they believe. Now, the way you debunk that is you have to be knowledgeable regarding Luke chapter 24, because in Luke chapter 24, uh, Jesus simply uh, appeared uh, to his disciples in the upper room, and the scripture says in Luke 24, the doors were shut, but Jesus simply appeared. Now, um, a uh, if he was a material, uh, immaterial spirit, he would be like Casper the Friendly Ghost and going through the doors. That's what the Jehovah Witnesses teach, that he kind of went through the doors. No, Jesus simply appeared because Jesus had an an ultra-dimensional body that was composed of flesh and bones but no blood. Uh, how do we know that? It's, it's because Jesus said in Luke 24, Handle me and see, for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. And then when you link that to 1 Corinthians 15, it says flesh and, and, and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because geriatric scientist says the reason why we age is because the older we get, the blood starts to disintegrate, and it's a process of of sin in our body, and we will not have a part of that in heaven. Blood connected. We will be depending upon the Spirit. Now, so this this is something very important. So Jesus said, handle me and see, in Luke 24, for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. So Jehovah's Witness said, well, you're contradicting yourself because you said, it, it says in 1 Corinthians 15, flesh and, and, and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's true when it comes to mor- the mortal body, but not the immortal body. So flesh, when it's talking about in 1 Corinthians 15, is the mortal body, not the immortal body. So that's how I would uh, debunk that. We got to stick with scripture, be intelligent regarding scripture, and we got to present the scripture in an intelligent biblical way. And I think if we do that, we'll we'll have enough meat to uh, to sow the seed to the Jehovah's Witness and trust that it'll bring forth fruit. Because they have nothing to stand on that. Just like in John chapter twenty, when. Uh, when Thomas said, my Lord and my God, they can't stand on that, and they can't stand on this as well. So hopefully that helped you out. That answered me very well. Thanks. Well, thank you, too, for your, your, your call. We appreciate always your questions is right on target. Amen. All righty. Well, God bless, and we look forward to seeing you at church tomorrow. All right. God bless. All right. God bless. 
All right, let's quickly go to Jermaine. He's been waiting patiently. Brother Jermaine. Hello. How are you doing there? Oh, I'm doing very well. Oh, good, good. It's always good to hear your voice, and uh, we trust that all is well with you and the family. Yeah, so far so good, Dr. Butler. I can't complain. I uh, consider every every day a blessing, and I, I thank the Lord for it. So, well, you so got a, so good. You got a good attitude. I always tell people complaints don't do you any good. That's one of the reasons why the children of Israel didn't make it to the promised land because of complaints. And the only people that made it was Joshua and Caleb, and then the younger generation, 20 and under. But the the older generation, they all died in the wilderness. And the, the writer of Hebrews says, because of unbelief, and the complaints will make you start to have unbelief in so many areas. So you got the right attitude. And what's on your heart tonight? Do you have a question for us? Yeah, I was uh, asked a question on behalf of a, a beloved family. He um, he's starting, uh, or he's he's a part of a men's group, and the topic, I believe, by an atheist, the question of of uh, what makes Christianity so much more legit than other belief systems, like say Buddhism, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, and and uh, et cetera, et cetera. They they all have proclamations of faith, and just because you have faith. You know, it has to be more than that because they would all tell you they, they're faithful. And some of them are more faithful than people who call themselves Christians. They're, they're willing to be ridiculed in public for their beliefs. But what is it that we have to stand on that would make Christianity true and superior to other belief systems? Well, that's a good question. And I and I always tell people uh, when they generally ask this question, too, that, so that they will get some, uh, you know, some information uh, on them. Uh, and some inspiration is that I always tell people to get uh, the book by Josh McDowell, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, Volume 1 and 2. Do you have that book? Uh, no, I have it on my list, but I do not have the book yet. You should get that and get it as soon as possible. It is remarkable, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, Volume 1 and 2 by Josh McDowell. And his his uh, son is an apologist as, as well, and Josh goes around to the universities and deal with the very questions that you are that you are mentioning here. But one of the things that I always try to bring out is they uh, we you know a learnable thing, and we talk about acronyms, right? And I mentioned this to you before is that one of the greatest acronyms that we can give to people, and I'm going to bring out two points, is the acronym MAPS and you know, because the when we present to them evidence, when we say it's evidence that demands a verdict, the manuscripts, over 3,000, 5,000 manuscripts that are consistent. Well, when you look at the writings of Shakespeare and you look at Homer and you look at all the different writers and historians, there's always contradictions in their writings, but people accept those writings as being true. Well, the Bible is even greater, has a greater truth than that, because when you got that many manuscripts and they're all consistent, that gives evidence and weight to the Bible. So the, the M and the MAPS, uh, uh, you know, acronym is manuscripts. And then the A is archaeology, because archaeology brings evidence to the validity and historicity and authenticity of the Bible. So uh, archaeology has proven over and over that what the Bible has said, they can go back and look at that. For instance, uh, there was a time when people, uh, atheists, tried to disprove 
that the children of Israel never went through the Red Sea. So these atheistic archaeologists got together, and they wanted to prove that it never took place. And they had all of these advanced cameras, and they went down to the Red Sea. And when they went all the way down and went really deep, they discovered things that blew them away. They discovered bones, multitudes of bones of human beings, bones of horses, and bones, uh, I mean, bones of these two, and then also chariots, Egyptian chariots. Now, the wood had decayed, but because of the Egyptians would cover it with gold, the gold was there. And these atheistic archaeologists came up being theistic archaeologists. That is a known fact. So archaeology gives proof over and over and over of the validity and historicity and authenticity of the Bible. And then when you talk about the P, predictive prophecy, I mean, prophecy is awesome because, it, you know, the prophecies of Jesus uh, from Genesis to Revelation and even issues today is overwhelming. I mean, it's, you know, you can't debunk it. And then the S, statistical probability. You know, over 40 different authors over a span of 15,000 and more years. And just talking about the things that God did, and there was consistency and no contradiction in what they said. And so, the, and then the last thing I would say is that um, it's Jesus. You, would, you want to really present Jesus to the atheists and people because, I mean, he came back alive, and there was over 500 people that saw him. And in a courtroom, all you need is one or two people to give uh, evidence of it. Well, you, all these people that saw him, most of them died. So that's so important. And we can talk more about this. Call us back when we come back, and let's talk about this some more because I got some more things I want to say. If we got some more people, I'm going to get to one more. Do you have one person? Oh, we don't. It'll say, I thought we had one more caller. So they want to take the question off the air. I'll take, okay, off the air. Yeah. We're going to get to one more caller, but I'll tell you what, Jermaine, good question. Hopefully I was able to help you out and get those books because it'll help you out. I'll do that. Thank you, Dr. Buckner. You're welcome. God bless. Okay, real quick, Dr. Buckner. Gail wanted to know why people don't have the relationship with God that David had. Well, you and I were talking about this, and I'll let you say something, too, on it, too. They just, uh, you and I agree, they just don't spend time with God. Yeah, and, right. you know, David spent time with God, and he had a heart up to God. He wasn't perfect, but he had a, but he really had a, a spirit of repentance. We look at Psalms 51, and a lot of people don't have that spirit of repentance, but he had a heart up to God because he spent time in prayer, praise, and worship. Gary, say a few things. Yeah, that's right. He, it was God, those sheep, and David. He spent a lot of time, and that's where his passion grew for God. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, uh, Brother Josh, our prayer warrior, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards and encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. Please keep us in your prayers until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. We trust you'll have a blessed Easter. God bless. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.